Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another special edition of Get In The Game podcast. I'm going to take you straight into the mission field this week. So I was with a group of former and current Major League Baseball players in Chiapas, Mexico, just last week. And while we were there, I had the unique opportunity to gather these guys together to talk about the experience that we were having. We were there with Water Mission. We were seeing some water projects uh, that were being implemented. We were seeing some communities that did not have water, and it was really an eye-opening experience for so many of us. And I really just wanted to take some time to process some of these thoughts, let the guys that were there really just share with me and with you what they were experiencing, what they were feeling, what they were um, being tugged at their hearts. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, take you to Chiapas, Mexico, and you're going to hear this conversation with some of my friends, and I hope you enjoy it. I hope this encourages you to serve others and to get in the game. Hello, welcome to Get In The Game Podcast with your host, Scott Lyon former MLB star and current water mission advocate. Oh yeah, and he also happens to be our dad. So let's dive right in. All right, so we're here in Chiapas, Mexico on vision trip with water mission. And uh, this morning, we've seen a lot of different projects, but this morning we went to the Guatemalan border to see where water mission is serving a migrant population. And it was uh, sobering, I would say. It was um, really a surprise to see the amount of people that were uh, queued up, um, just waiting to be processed, waiting to get into Mexico. Um, Jaime, let me start with you. What What did you see? Uh, really got no words, man. I, as I've shared before, me being from Mexico, actually being from a border town, uh, that I get to see a lot of this stuff. But... First time actually been, uh, second time I've been in Tapachula, third time, but first time seeing what's really happening. Because if we think about it, it, you know, all the migrants come through this border, going to the United States. It's, it's mind blowing to see how many people and to see the need, the crisis. Uh, but, but I'm really, really blessed to have partnered with Water Mission to hear the impact that you guys are having. Uh, not only here in this, this border, but around the world with human trafficking. And, and uh, so... Uh, a, a lot of mixed emotions, uh, but but just so blessed that I got to, I got to be a part of of uh, doing something about uh, that crisis. Yeah, um, we we had a conversation just talking about, you know, what does that look like as the the church? You know, politics aside, there's a lot of people that that have a lot of need. Um, what were some thoughts that you guys had about, you know, how we can as a church serve these people? I mean, seeing the just the number of people and hearing the numbers is quite overwhelming. Um, but knowing that, hey, you might not be able to help every single person, but you can help some people to have safe water as they're making this horrible journey, this unimaginable journey. Um, so it feels very tangible to actually see the faces and hear, you know, not direct stories, but indirect stories of what they're going through and the journey they're on and to know that, okay, they have these little points of, of relief where they're getting help and that we can, we can partner in that. And it's also very impactful to hear the, uh, the coordination 
of water mission with local government with unicef so you're you're having an even greater impact because um, they're they're partnering with other organizations that are also contributing to that i thought you know what morgan said is all the other organizations i thought that was really cool that everybody was coming together to help these people that have nothing except what's on their back and they're they're entering the border at the very southern tip of Mexico and everybody knows that they're funneling up north to get into the US which is thousands of miles and technically they're not supposed to get a ride by anybody and they're supposed to walk that whole route and I don't see how that's even possible and as a church I think we just have to support you know the human being and not worry about the politics my mind did go to the politics and, and wonder why, why are we, how, how does this work? You know, what's the economy and, and who's winning economically, financially. And, um, it just, it, it, it's hard to understand because there's so much, so many lives being messed with over essentially money probably and control and um you know bruce talked about how the the u.s it seems like is is pushing the blame off onto mexico and you know mexico is probably making money on each each person coming into the country and it gets funneled up but i think we just have to focus on the human being and and taking care of them individually and um, you know, hopefully that love will spread and, and we'll be shown that, you know, we're expressing Jesus through our love. So. And I think Scott, going back to what, you know, the question you asked for us as, as the body of Christ, you know, the church, we're called to be the light of the world to bring unity in crisis like this. You know, and, and some of the stats you shared, you, you'd be able to talk a little bit more about this, but you were sharing some of the, the stats that like the impact that a water missions having to, to be able to infiltrate into the world, you know, and, and partner with organizations that are not necessarily Christians. Uh, I, I think that's that's what being the light of the world is, you know, because in, in crisis and in situations like this, we're called to be to be united as the body of Christ, to be one and. You know, like Mark says, you know, said it's not about the politics. It's not about money involved. It's not about human trafficking because we know there's a lot of that going on. It's about we as the body of Christ standing together, standing strong, uh, and 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 choosing to be united, choosing to be a light, choosing to choosing to do what Water Mission is doing, what we're doing today, and coming down here and and join forces with with organizations that are doing the same thing. You know, and not not this is not a religious thing. This is not religion. This is not politics. It's about us united in love and, and, and going, let the light shine. We're called to, you know, to uh, uh, present the, the living water, the light of the world and, and to go love on people, you know, pray for people. That's, that's the, the number one thing we can do instead of uh, getting involved in all the, the nonsense behind it. So that's, that's uh, what God placed in my heart as I saw that and, and, and you know, what we are the, as the body of Christ are, are called to do. Yeah. So that, stat that you talked about that I was referring to talked about the number of migrants, the immigration issue all around the world. We have we have more migrants today around the world than at any other time in history, even more so than after World War II. 
you think about the Ukraine crisis, all the all the people fleeing war torn areas in Southeast Africa, um, natural disasters that are forcing people out of their homes and they're having to literally take whatever they can carry and get out of there so they can survive with their children and they can go to a, a safe place. And that that safe place is often, you know, not something that's even meant to support that number of people, but we've got to somehow quickly put together a, a place that they can make a life for months or years. I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is that the average person stays in a refugee camp for 17 years, which is crazy to think. So this is not, in a lot of cases, just a temporary situation. Um, but let me ask you guys this, because, you know, we're down here on the very southern end of Mexico on the border of Guatemala. We go back home tomorrow. And it's very easy to be out of sight, out of mind, not even think about this or think, well, this isn't a problem that's really at my doorstep, but it is becoming a bigger and bigger problem around the world. But how do you think, how do you think about this situation a little bit differently now that, that you're here, that you're seeing it? And how will that maybe affect your perspective when you go back home and you're not necessarily seeing it day to day? The humbling side of this for me was... The fact that when we do go back home, that we can just go to the water faucet and turn it on, have indoor plumbing, and yet these people are evacuating their countries because of it being unsafe, and they're willing to leave and give it all up, not knowing the unknown that they're facing to to make a better way and a better life for themselves. Where, you know, it made it put in perspective for me where we're worried about, you know. Where can we buy, go on vacation or buy our kids new shoes for school or or a new vehicle or whatever the case may be when these guys have nothing but the clothes on their back and are willing to, to risk it all just to figure out if there is a better life elsewhere. <clears throat> and to be honest, like the, the majority of them, they go back to the States and they, they are going to the ones that it cross, because a percentage that, that crosses the border is slim compared with all the people that are getting in here into Mexico. We, we're talking about thousands and thousands of people coming in daily here. And just the, the, the fact that they're going to, if the ones that arrive, they are getting ahead to a, a life of hard work, not for them to enjoy it, but for the future generations. So they are risking and they leaving everything behind, not for them or even for their kids, but for the grandkids. And it, it is it is humbling to see how they are willing to sacrifice their lives for the next generation. And and like you were saying, uh, it is impressive what they had to be through. And hopefully they can they can get what a what a what a god is planned for them but in the meantime we as a as a church we have to try to to help them as much as we can and if it's just starting with water it's good if it if it ends in salvation great uh hopefully hopefully we all come together as a church and and be part of the of the change for them i mean for me it's like really eye-opening i you know, like I, I heard about like uh, the people coming to the United States, but I didn't know that about like five to ten thousand people a day are crossing the border, and this is actually like 
almost their last stages. You know, some people are coming from Venezuela, some other people are coming from other places, and finally they feel like they're Mexico. And I mean, like um, Ryan was saying, like how hard it has to be where they live that they're willing to do this journey, no, knowing if if the end is going to be better than the, the start. But it's so bad where they are that they're willing to risk everything. Uh, and for me, it's like, okay, and that's the definition of compassion. Compassion is seeing a need, but doing something about it, not just like, okay, yeah, we, we, we identify the need. He's doing something about it. And, and we can do a lot of things. And uh, we're starting with water, uh, but we can also uh, raise awareness because people need to know. I mean, I, I didn't know um, the conditions. You know, we talk about, yes, in the areas that they have it set up for them, is safe and they have like the violence and everything under control but the areas in between when the streets you know people take advantage of them you know they they don't know where they're going and you know law enforcement are not at every single mile and you know things are going to happen so um for me it's like uh you know like eye-opening so many people are trying to to do this and most of the people are probably going to be turned down when they get to the to the united states so that's a, a great point that you make, Bruce, is like the compassion side, the empathy, you know, really seeing people. And, uh, you know, we really can't we really can't do something until we truly understand what the issue is or even willing to open ourselves up to that. Um, so maybe just talk a little bit about what did you see? I mean, as we looked on that long line of people that are waiting to be processed, I mean, I, I saw a guy with no shoes. And I, I heard him speaking Creole, and I, I guessed him to probably come from Haiti. And I'm thinking, here's a guy that's, you know, traveled across the ocean and gotten to Guatemala, and he didn't even have shoes. Um, I saw families. You know, we saw the uh, the bathrooms that were there that they've set up, but they're just porta potties, and there's no places for people to take showers. There's no places for people to wash hands. Um, but maybe if y'all could, if somebody could go into detail about, you know, what what are some of the things that you saw when you looked at these individuals and maybe imagined what they're going through? Well, I, I see I see a lot of families. I see kids. I see kids around around older people. Uh, you cannot assume that everybody that is coming across is a good people. But as even in the jails, they have bathrooms. They have water, they have food, even in jail they have that. But you see all these people, there's kids playing around what is maybe mud, but you never know what is in that mud because during the night they have to do their necessities, whatever they, whatever they can. So it is unhealthy and a human being cannot be in that situation. That's what is struggling the most. I have, I have three kids. And I and I always picture my my kids in that situation, and it just breaks my heart. That was the more the most the most impactful me. Well, I think Scott. I mean, one thing that we've been talking about this last three days, and you brought up the on the first day about the why, but you also, you know, you encouraged us about uh, uh, practicing an attitude of gratitude. You know, just being grateful for what we have. And, and I guess this message is more for the people in America. You know, as we see this. You know, you, you, Bruce was saying 10, about 10,000 people, 8,000 people crossing the, the border, leaving everything behind, willing to die on the journey. And, and I, I, I was one of them. 
I was born and raised in this country, man. And and I'm just I'm so grateful that you know America is it is the greatest country in the world, and it offers freedom. It it offers uh, uh, an opportunity to be free, an opportunity to educate yourself, to discipline yourself, and and it, this message is for people to to be grateful for what what we have in America. And now I'm so grateful to to Mexico. I'm 100% Mexican, but I'm also so grateful for the United States. It's given me a lot of freedom, financial freedom, and it's given I have dual citizenship now. I've been able to help my family. Uh, obviously, I did it the right way. I worked really hard to get to this point, but it's just it, it's just uh, uh, just to create uh, to be conscious for people in America and, and to practice gratitude for what we have, because things are really dark out in the world. And and and, and it's simple for me. I go back to it's it's good and evil. It's 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 evil and anybody that is separated from the love of the Father. And we, as as the body of Christ, we're we're saved by grace. We're a new creation in Christ. And, and all those people, I mean, you see, uh, you're asking, what do we saw in those people? I see five-year-old, six-year-old boys, girls that, I mean, because I've, I've been really involved with uh, with human and sex trafficking. And I see some of the stats that run in those businesses, the largest growing business in the world, making hundreds of millions of dollars around the world. And I see those poor young girls that a lot of them are probably going to end up being trafficked around the world. And my, my heart breaks. Right. Seeing that. So it's 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 the, the, the evil in the world. But but we go back to the same thing. It's we can't give something we don't have. We need to be grateful for what we have. Make sure we are abiding in him and then go back to to do something about it. You know, like like uh, Ryan was saying, it's just that with what we have, it's just a word of encouragement. It's going and serve and uh, um, doing the best we can to to create awareness. I I'm. You know, the it has to start somewhere where we can help them, and I think water is obviously the most essential thing that, and one of the easier things, but obviously the most essential thing that people need. And it's such a good, cool thing that Water Mission is doing, and um, I hope that we can go back and and do something even more and continue helping people become the next Jaime, you know, and a similar story, but now you're super successful and, you know, been able to live out your dream. And um, how, how else can we make that happen? You know, more than just water, even though water's huge deal, but what are the next steps that we can do to help them? And I, and I hope on the flip side that all these people coming over are grateful and want to take the opportunity that they then have once they get to, you know, the U S which ultimately I think everybody is headed and trying to get there and not everybody will end up there, but the people that do, I hope they are grateful that they've made it and take the opportunity to become the next time. And, you know, not just sit around and not just, be happy that they made it, you know, keep going and, and progress. So are there anything that helped you, Jaime, that got you over the hump to where, you know, coming from Mexico and not having anything and, and then all of a sudden gave you the extra lift to get to the next? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it goes back to what we've been talking about for the last three days. The Great Commission is to go out and make disciples. And all it took is when somebody disciple me. 
you know, it, but it takes one to, to know one, right? So it's, it's when I saw integrity in a person, when I saw congruency, when I saw a true disciple of Christ, it gave me hope. And that person going out of his way, somebody like Scott and, and Adam Wainwright, those guys that were there in my life, that I saw integrity and they went out of their way to disciple me, to show me empathy, to be there with me. And that's what I do now. So I think it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning. It's we as the body of Christ, we have to be united in one. And we have to go and love on people, care for people, baptize people, but make disciples. And I think that's what that's the that's why this this, you know, partnering with water mission is so great because, you know, we're bringing the safe drinking water, but we're bringing the living water and we're about discipleship and follow up. So I think it's it's racing up a generation and, and I'm you know, I'm I'm, a, I'm part of the body. I'm a disciple of Christ and I'm in the disciple making business. Uh, but I think it, it, it goes back to the gratitude. Uh, make sure the word disciples in order to make disciples, which we why we're here. We, we want to come in and, and love on people and care for people. Um, but it, it goes back to being united in the body of Christ and go let the light shine. And I think it's just that that's that gives an opportunity to people that the the uh, uh, a lot of the kids that we've connected over the last three days, uh, we, we let the light shine. We give them hope. You know, we're here to give them hope to say, hey, if if Joaquin Soria did it and Bruce Chen did it and Mark Melanson and if Jaime did it then I can do it. Not only make it to the United States, not only accomplish my dreams, but I can become a person of character. I can, you know, I can educate myself. I can reprogram my belief system. I can be, become an impactful person. Then I can go back to my country and make a difference and give back to my community. So that's, that's, I mean, that's what we're trying to do. And we continue to pray for that. And that's what we're here for. I mean, we're all here because we want to go. It's beyond water. It's, it's the drinking, safe drinking water, but it's the living water that we're trying to bring to these people. You know, as I sit here and I look around this group, I think about the relationships. And as you guys have just alluded to, you know, you talk about advocacy, Mark. Uh, Jaime, you talked about the people that were meaningful in your life. I think it's so cool to look at this group of guys right here. And there's seven of us sitting here. Um, Jaime, you and I were teammates. And then you introduced me to Joaquin. And we came down on a trip last year and you guys invited Bruce and I was actually a teammate of Bruce, but you guys were the ones that asked him to go. And then you guys said, you need to talk to Mark. Mark would love to come down here too. And Sweezy, you and I just got to know each other about three or four years ago through a mutual friend. And now here we are together in, in the mission field. Um, Morgan, you're here because uh, you work with Ron Blue and Don Christensen, who really got me introduced to the mission field. So I just, I think it's so cool that when we really take time to have these intentional relationships, relationships that go beyond the game of baseball or the joy of doing something else, you know, a mutual um, activity together, but, but really we dive into what is God's purpose for us in our lives. And I think you come on a trip like this, you can't help but be transformed. Um, Sweeze, I'll, I'll ask you this. What, what do you hope as you go back, what's going to be different? What, how have you been transformed and, and maybe what will be different? What do you plan to do when you get back? Well, I'm going to step back from that question for just a second, because going back to the relationships and the things that you were talking about, like I believe in divine appointments, you know, God placed us here for a purpose and a reason all at the same time. And I'm grateful that you asked me to come to this and just the group that, that you brought me with, you know, I've, I feel like I've known these guys forever, just being around them for a couple of days. Um, but the, the part that for, for me, that's going to change a lot is, is 
simplifying my life more that that of the things that I don't need and only have the things that I do need and to where I'm I'm raising up my children to understand the fact that hey you just can't go and just have and do whatever you want and be spoiled your whole life and I want them to understand the fact that you know there's guys out there that doesn't have safe water to drink a clean bathroom to go in a shower to take whenever you feel like it or not feel like it or whatever that looks like. And, uh, it's just that, that humbled me the most about, you know, simplifying the things that, that I, I need in my life, not the things that I necessarily want and have, have grown to be accustomed to after seeing, like you said, guys with no shoes on that, uh, that have a, that have a family there that he doesn't know how they're going to feed them that night or where they're going to, or are they going to be clean for the next day, week, month, whatever? Are they going to have something safe to drink? Are they going to get sick? Are they going to be able to take care of them? You know, all the, the simple things that we just go on about our day-to-day life that are, that are, you know, like breathing for us to where it's different for, for people like that uh, that are trying to escape, you know, sex trafficking, you know, drug cartels, you know, things that are, making them in so much danger that they fear for their life that they're willing to just pick them up and move them right now. Yeah, as we, um, we're about to leave this spot right here and we're here at a, um, an athletic field that we're about to go talk to a group of kids. Um, we've had an opportunity to see a lot of things, experience a lot of things together. I, I guess I would just um, ask some of y'all to talk about what's been most meaningful. What are the things as you think back to this trip that are really going to stand out to you and why? I mean, uh, there's a lot of things that are very meaningful um, to me. I, I feel like, um, you know, it's my second trip and um, I started to see how the, the most important thing is not where the need is, but where the communities are willing to work and make it happen. Like those are the things that really impact me because you know we come over here and we can donate and we can do all those things, but it's ultimately to the community and the people working that are going to become a blessing to the community and to the um, and, and, and and to the kids and to the the people. But the most important thing too is like uh, one of the things was like about when I talked to Don, and yes, it's great to bring relief. But that's only the relief. We, we want to bring the cure. And bringing the water, yes, it brings relief. But bringing the living water, bringing salvation, talking to them about Jesus and why we do this is, is the cure. It's, it's what's going to make the difference for eternity. And um, that's what's most meaningful to me, that... Yes, we're using the water and we're helping re- uh, relief. And because of that, they sh- we can show the love that Christ gave to us. And because of that, they're going to know that we're his disciples. And hopefully that's going to plant the seed so that the Holy Spirit can work in everybody that has been blessed by this. The communities, the leaders, the people putting the work, doing the job so that the project doesn't go to waste. And that's what's ultimately what we want. Uh, yes, it is a lot of the extreme conditions, you know, a place where they can go to the bathroom, a place where they can have, like, drinking water. 
with comparison to salvation where they won't spend eternity that's what's most minimal for me because that gives us the opportunity to actually make a difference in their life bringing life bringing salvation bringing hope showing the love and and being obedient to uh the great great commission the first day when we when we went to the two different towns and the first one did not have water and then we we went to the second town that already had a, a water mission uh, facility built that was that was eye-opening to see the difference in the quality of the just the town itself and the feel the atmosphere the just even the way the people dressed um and how they you know they they went about things um uh, just seemed like they had a different glow to them and it, i think you ask everybody here and they would say the same thing it's not it wasn't a preconceived notion that we had going in. It was, it was, it was real. So the difference that that one well can make for a whole town is is just crazy. And it's also crazy to think that in today's day and age, people are drinking out of a river that is not, you know, it's they don't have running water. So um, pretty eye opening for me. Multiple things. You know, I keep saying every year that I go on a water mission trip. That's my favorite. But this is going to be my favorite now. Uh, I think the first thing Mark was saying about that first time we went into uh, um, to 98 is when water mission started with a hurricane in Honduras. What was the name? Uh, 2001. Yeah. And Hurricane Mitch. And, th and that, that town that we went into, that's... It's the same town that was hit, affected by that same hurricane, right? Yep. Did you know that before going in there? Mm -hmm. So it's like that, things like that. You know, we, you had no idea. Water Mitchell had no idea. And this is a town, like Mark said, that was extremely affected by it. And, and to see the, 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 the conditions that that town was in and the people that were buried, people, animals, and how that affected the water. It has affected the water for over 20 years now. Uh, that was one thing. The next thing, and I think, you know, Joaquin and I, Joaquin and I talk about this a lot. It's the fact that we are, you know, th this is, this is my country. This is my people. This is my culture, you know, and like I said earlier, I was so blessed enough. God blessed me so much to be able to come to the United States and accomplish my dreams and, and, you know, become a disciple of Christ. Uh, so I think a, a, one of my favorite things about this trips, this trips, it's always coming back and, and be able to interact with my people in my language and my culture and to bring them hope, to speak in their language and to, to say, hey, I, I was where you're at in the past and to give them hope for not only for uh, to be able to come to the United States and accomplish your dreams, but, but to be free on the inside, to be able to drink that living water where you don't have to thirst again and settle for what the world is offering. So that's another one. Uh, but I think the main thing, Scott, that keeps popping up and we talked about this morning and, and you know, there were some there were some deep conversations and there were some shears uh, uh, shared with us. And, and it's always the fellowship. That's what I take the most about this. It's the, the, the real community we have. We, we get to be vulnerable as men, which is something that's extremely hard to be and to do. Um, but we come in this, you know, like Ryan said, I feel like I've, I've known Ryan for my whole life, you know, and, and I just met him two days ago. Um, you know, I've known the majority of these guys, but this, this, this trips always allows us to, to grow in fellowship and, and community and get to know each other. 
because it's not easy, man. We're living in there's some hard times out there and, and, and we need to be united. We need to have community with one another. We need to encourage one another. Uh, so there, there's a lot of things. Everything was was so amazing about this trip. And, and you know, I just continue to get encouraged and, and um, continue to grow my faith uh, by having this type of fellowship. Yeah, I appreciate that, Jaime, and I appreciate all of you guys. This is not an easy trip. Uh, you've all taken time away from your families, uh, taken time away from your jobs, and um, there's always things that, you know, maybe try to, to stand in the way of doing something like this, but um, I think it's definitely a rewarding experience, and, and I just commend all of you for making that sacrifice to come here because I think this can really have um, – a lot of ripple effects from here, you know, when we go back and we tell others and uh, and we become advocates and we really get involved and, and wrap our arms around what we can do to serve others. So it's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you all for coming on the podcast here and just sharing with others. And hopefully this is an encouragement for others to really get in the game and, and um, you know, be serious about their faith and, and put it into action. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks for being with us this week. Uh, it was really a fun time to spend time down in Mexico with those guys. It's always a privilege for me to get back into the mission field, to see the front lines of where this work is taking place. And as you heard, we had some really special interactions with people, um, great reminders of why we do what we do and what God calls us to. So I hope this has been encouraging to you, and I hope that as you think about how you want to serve in your own specific spheres of influences and your networks, that you're reminded that uh, God calls each one of us to, to go out and get in the game and to really live out our faith for Him. Thanks a lot. God bless. See you next time.